meeting with the fairies leads to adventure and spells. Thank you for joining me in the short history series brought to you by Langsign Publishers. My name is David Laird and I'm a historian based in Edinburgh, Scotland. Over this series, we will delve deep into the Langsign collection, describing the history, tales and folklore of Scotland brought to you by our authors. Today, we are travelling across the water to the island of Skye to hear the myth of the little bannock. The following passage is taken from Folk Tales of the Highlands, written by Gregor Ian Smith. Morag, the wife of Donald the Crofter of Dintalm, was easily the laziest woman in the Isle of Skye. She had little to complain of, for Donald's house was small and easily managed. The drinking well was not a step from the door, and neither child nor dog was there to be dirtying the place. Donald, a patient man, saw to it that the peats were always piled at the gable, ready for the fire. And it was he who tended the two cows and grew the finest crops in that far-flung corner of sky. Yet Morag complained and lamented, idling away her time until Donald was hard put to keep from beating her with the porridge spoon. One morning she looked around the untidy kitchen. The ashes strewn the hearth, the bed was still to be made, the dishes were unwashed, even the spinning wheel was white with dust and cobwebs. Dear, oh dear, she whimpered as she stirred the porridge in the pot. It seems that I must work and work and work all my life, and there is nothing I can think of that is more unpleasant. She thought so much about it that she forgot to keep stirring. The porridge became lumpy and stuck to the bottom of the pot, which made Morag more discontented than ever. And then, quite suddenly, she remembered that sometimes the fairies could be persuaded to come and work for human beings. And there was not a fairy hill at the back of house. Well, or so it was said. The lazy woman decided that there would be no harm in asking their help. So she poured the porridge into a bowl, mixed it with cream and set it outside the step. No fairy she knew could resist a bowl of porridge and cream. Indeed, there was no better way to tempt the wee folk. So she hid behind the door and waited. Morag had not long to wait. There was a sudden scurrying and scuffling of feet on the path. The horn spoon began to click against the porridge bowl. Morag peeped out to see what was happening, and sure enough, there they were. A score of them gathered round the dish, taking turns to sup. Not one of the little people was more than a span high, and each was dressed in green, and their movements were like the scurrying of mice. Now to be sure, the porridge disappeared quickly. As it was soon finished, the fairies began to bang on the door until Mary was glad to let them in. Good morning, she greeted her visitors. I'm hoping it is work you seek. Aye, and so wife, they replied. Work we will, but we must eat. So fetch your girdle, mistress, toast your bannocks, for it is hungry we will be before the day is out. Morag fetched the girdle and began to bake oat bannocks, while the fairies went hustling and bustling about the house, as busy as ants. Some swept the floor, some drew down the cobwebs, some hurried to make butter. Some busied themselves weaving, whilst others carded, pulled, and teased the wool until the spinning wheel was humming merrily. 
Never in that house had there been so much mending and patching and scrubbing and cleaning. Meanwhile, Morag was busy baking bannocks until they began to pile up on the kitchen table. But scarcely had they cooled than the fairies stopped their work and ate them up to the very last crumb. This happened so often that Morag was in despair, but she did not dare complain for fear of being bewitched or carried off to the fairy hill. And so she baked and kneaded and turned her girdle until the last crumb of oatmeal was finished. Then there was a fine to do. They clamoured for bannocks until Morag was obliged to go and search for more meal from a neighbour. She ran as fast as she could to the village where she sought the house of the oldest woman. What am I to do? cried the wretched Morag bitterly. My husband has gone to the shilling, my kitchen is full of fairies and they are eating us out of house and home. Tell me what I must do to get rid of them, grandmother. Tell me first how they made their way across the threshold, asked the Kalch. Mora confessed at last how she had tempted the fairies with a bowl of porridge and cream, so that they would work for her. Then let this be a lesson to you, Morag, of the white hands. Never do trust the wee folk, and never give way to laziness. Now be off home with you, and when you reach the door, open it and cry, Run, run, your house is on fire. The fairies will run back to the hill, but they will find they have been deceived. They will return to your kitchen, and they will attempt to carry you off with them. Oh dear, will Morag, wringing her hands, is there nothing I can do to keep them outside? I have no wish to live inside the fairy hill for the rest of my life. Whenever you enter the house, see to it that you upset each thing, that the fairies have been using, or that the door you must lock and bolt will simply be opened again. Morag thanked the old woman, hurried home, and when she reached the cottage, she tiptoed to the door and listened. The fairies were all busy. She opened the door a little, popped her head in and cried, Run, run, your house is on fire. Immediately, the fairies stopped their work and came tumbling out of the door, running as fast as their little legs would take them to the fairy hill. Morag skipped inside, locked and barred the door. She went round the house, turning everything topsy-turvy. When she had finished, she almost wept at the dreadful disorder. For the fairies had left everything in place. But she had little time to survey her handiwork, for the fairies were back again in the twinkling of an eye, screaming outside the door, demanding to be let in. Open the door to us, housewife, they clamoured through the keyhole. I cannot leave the girdle, replied Morag. My bannocks would burn. Open the door, brush, that stands by the fire. I cannot, for I am standing on my head, replied the brush. Open the door to us, spinning wheel. I cannot, for my wheel is tied, replied the spinning wheel. Thus did the pots, the pans, the platters, indeed everything that was in the kitchen, replied to the angry fairies, until at length they appealed to a little bannock that had rolled into a dark corner. Open the door, little bannock, they squeaked in their shrill voices, and immediately the little bannock began to roll across the floor. It skipped across Morag's toes, ran round the table, and would have reached the door 
had not she leapt over a chair and crushed it to crumbs under her foot. At that very moment, she heard her husband's voice outside on the hill. Ah, the spell was broken, with a noise like the wind as the chimney. The fairies ran off, never to return. Morag was careful after that, never to mention the fairies by name. From that day, she gave up her lazy habits and became a good wife to Donald the Crofter. But her husband had always great difficulty in persuading her to bake bannocks, which I'm sure you agree was not surprising. Well, folks, that's the end of today's episode, The Little Bannock, written by Gregor Ian Smith. I'll be back again soon for more tales from our collection. Don't forget to check out our blog at www.langsignshop.co.uk. Goodbye for now.